Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break, the OT edition. I'm Sean Anderson coming to you in an emergency podcast. Eric Bledsoe has been traded to the Milwaukee Bucks from the Phoenix Sun, so we're going to be jumping into that. If you're listening on iTunes, I don't know if Ricky's putting this on iTunes, but if he is, uh, give us five stars on iTunes. Um, why, don't, why don't you be a good friend to us and, and give us five stars on iTunes. If you're listening on Blog Talk Radio, thank you so much for checking us out on there. And also, uh, check out patreon.com slash Podcast. We really appreciate it. We just had Patrick um, do a segment with Brandon and Ricky um, on baseball. And, and if you want to check that out, $10 tier, you can be on a podcast with us. You pick the segment, so it should be fun. But let's get into this emergency podcast for a superstar. I'm just saying, Kyrie didn't get one, and Eric Bledsoe is getting one recording this uh, in between classes. And I, I got the notification on my phone from Woj, his, his, his notification of dropping a Woj bomb. And you just look at it, and like Ricky Widmer put it in a text, it's like a 2K trade. Eric Bledsoe goes to Milwaukee. Phoenix gets Greg Monroe, a first-round pick that's lotto-protected, and then also a second-round pick, and this is all according to A.J. Wojnarowski from ESPN. And I just look at this and wonder what Eric Bledsoe's trade value actually was because obviously he had the tweet saying, I don't want to be here anymore, and then he comes out and was like, oh, I was at the hair salon with my girlfriend. Uh, and then the NBA comes out and sus- sus- uh, finds him sorry, for 10K, and Winhorst had a great tweet uh, earlier saying uh, that was the best 10K that Eric Bledsoe's ever spent, and I completely agree with him because now he's going to a place that he wanted to go to. Um, apparently, he was uh, Milwaukee's on the top of his list. He wanted to play with Giannis, and he wanted to go to the playoffs. He's going to have the chance to do both this year, and I look at this, and I'm just appalled and shocked. Not appalled, but shocked that this is what you know Phoenix gets in return for Eric Bledsoe. I know Eric Bledsoe isn't you know, a superstar. I know Eric Bledsoe is a guy with injury problems, but this is something where Greg Monroe is an expiring contract after this year. Greg Monroe's been extremely inconsistent for the past three years with the Milwaukee Bucks. He kind of turns it on at some points. He wasn't bad in the playoffs last year, but he hasn't been consistent enough for him to be in the starting lineup for the Milwaukee Bucks. He wanted out. So you're getting a guy that is not even you know, lined up with your age group if you're the Phoenix Suns. He's 27 years old. You know, his contract's going to be up after this year. He's not going to want to go back to Phoenix because they're just, you know, a couple years away from being a playoff team. Um, And you look at the first-round pick, cool, you get a first-round pick. It's going to be a young player, but that's lotto-protected. So you're getting 15 or back, and most likely if the Bucks make the playoffs, it's going to be a 20-year-later pick. So it's not like you're getting a great first-round draft pick here. You're getting a guy in... You know, the 20s to 30s range where, you know, we obviously see stars come out of those ranges. Jimmy Butler comes to mind. Um, But, I mean, really, you're probably going to get a role player at best, which maybe Phoenix is happy about because you already have some stars or the potential stars, the Chris, Bender, um, obviously Booker. You have Josh Jackson as well. Um, And then you got a second rounder as well. But Milwaukee doesn't need those damn picks. I mean, they're already a young team. You look at Brogdon, he's young. I mean, he's his second year in the league. He's 25. He's already lined up with Giannis. Giannis is still young. Bledsoe's only 27 now. You look at Tony Snell, he's young. You look at Don Maker, he's obviously, you know, well, we think he's young. He's 19 years old, possibly could be 45 years old. We don't know. Um, but this is still a very young team out in Milwaukee. Bledsoe lines up with this age range, and they don't need those draft picks. They need more, you know, cap probably relief, and they get that because Eric Bledsoe has a cheaper contract than Greg Monroe. I mean, I don't understand what Bledsoe's trade value was exactly because Phoenix has taken on the worst contract. They're getting first round picks, but those first round picks aren't anything, you know, ridiculous because even if Milwaukee somehow gets into the lottery, 
um, if they do not make the playoffs, you're not getting that pick. So, I mean, that's going to you know, roll back, and it's going to keep rolling back until it's a 20 or you know, 20 through 30 pick. So I look at this, and Milwaukee's a clear winner. I mean, the losers is three straight, and they're one of the worst defensive teams in the league. I think 25th out of 30 when it comes to defensive ratings. And Bledsoe is a guy that's going to bring you defense, and he's a guy that's going to bring this starting lineup defense. So I don't understand um, you know, what Phoenix was, was thinking here. I mean, you, you get absolutely screwed by Bledsoe trading, you know, tweeting that I don't want to be here, but it was common knowledge that he didn't want to be there. I mean, it's been rumored that he was going to be moved. He was going to be moved to Cleveland with if Kyrie went to Phoenix. So, I mean, Bledsoe didn't want there, want to be there. Everyone knew it. And then coming out publicly and, and tweeting it, that pretty much tanked his value as well. And, and I look at this, and I understand that you know, he's got the injury problem, but this is a, a clear win for Milwaukee. It's a clear win for Eric Bledsoe. He wanted to go to Milwaukee. He gets to go to Milwaukee. Milwaukee needed a defensive point guard, and they get a defensive point guard, and they traded away Greg Monroe, who wasn't starting for them, and they traded away draft picks that they don't need. So it's a clear win for Milwaukee here. But looking at it, what does Bledsoe actually bring, and, and how can he really affect this team? And that's what we're going to be looking at, at least for the most of this segment if you're listening on YouTube, drop a comment down below. Do you think that Milwaukee's a clear winner? And also, um, is Milwaukee a contender in the East? And by contender, I mean, obviously, they're going to make the playoffs. Um, you know, they're struggling right now, below 500, but it's only nine games in the season. Um, but do you think that they can contend with Cleveland, um, Boston, um, Washington, Toronto um, in the playoffs, especially now with this Bledsoe deal? Let me know in the comments down below. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel if you are listening on YouTube. But looking at Eric Bledsoe and what he brings to the Milwaukee Bucks, he's going to bring D, and he's going to bring secondary ball handler. And obviously, he had a pretty good year last year, 21 points, but I'm going to write that off just because of the fact that he was playing on a terrible Suns team that was nothing out there. I mean, they were starting 19-year-olds. They had one of the youngest starting lineups in NBA history um, near the end of the season. That year does not matter in my eyes. Obviously, he got hurt. That's the only thing that matters to me is that if he's going to stay healthy out in Milwaukee because you look at Jabari, he's coming back. You don't know if he's going to be healthy. Um, Don Maker's obviously very you know weak down there. You don't know if he's going to be able to hold up. You look at at least Giannis. Giannis is so great, but with his athleticism and the way he moves, you never know if something could go wrong. Knock on wood for Milwaukee fans. I'm probably giving you a heart attack even mentioning it, but... Eric Bledsoe, if healthy, he's going to be a fantastic addition to this Milwaukee Bucks team. He's going to bring defense and secondary ball handling, take some pressure off Giannis, see that usage go down, see that usage go down from Chris Mid, and it's going to be more of a balanced team, and it's going to bring more weapons and more versatility to this Bucks offense. And the year that I'm going to look at um, for Eric Bledsoe, it's not going to be the year um, in 2014, 2015, even though it was a great year, um, and that was his best year, at least, you know, Performance-wise, he played 81 games. He started 81 games. Um, at least, you know, they're on an okay team, 39-43. The, the Suns were that year. Um, was pretty efficient, 44% from the field, 32 from three. Um, 6.1 assists per game, five rebounds per game, 17 points per game, uh, about a, a steal and a half per game in 2014-2015. But the year I want to look at is 2013-2014. That was at least the best Suns team that he was on. I know he went to the playoffs twice with the Clippers, but he wasn't a tree, you know, a key contributor out there. Um, this is really the year that he was a key contributor in 2013-2014. 48-34, the Suns went that year. They were ninth in the Western Conference. Played 32 minutes per game, started 40 of the 43 games that he played in, was 47.7 uh, from the field, 35.7 from three, 4.7 rebounds per game, 5.5 assists per game, uh, a steal and a half per game, and 17.7 points per game. So this is a really nice stat line. If he could bring this to Milwaukee, uh, I think this is a fantastic addition 
to the Milwaukee Bucks because you look at who was around him there in Phoenix. He was around Goran Dragic, who shot around 40% from three. This is going to be obviously mirrored in a guy like Chris Middleton, who's a good shooter from the outside, or a Malcolm Brogdon, or a Tony Snell. Hello, dude shooting 50% from three. Um, it's going to be mirrored in Gerald Green, who was on that 2013-2014 uh, Suns team. He was a good shooter from outside. Channing Fry was a good shooter from the outside. Uh, P.J. Tucker was a good shooter from the outside. So they had the shooters around them that really helped Eric Bledsoe rack up the O's assist and also helped the Phoenix Suns be as good as they were. So they were a team that was very diverse. They were a team that ran two-guard looks out there, and I don't think Phoenix is going to run the two-guard look that... Um, I'm sorry, I don't think Milwaukee's going to be running the, the two-guard look that Phoenix was running out there because obviously um, Giannis is going to be the main ball handler, and he's obviously a, a, a point forward. Um, but Bledsoe is going to be that second guard out there. He was the second guard behind Drogic that year as well. And I feel like if Bledsoe's able to bring 32 to 35 minutes per game, shoot 47% from the field, and 35 from three, this is exactly what Milwaukee needs. Because defensively, they've been absolutely terrible. Again, 25th out of 30 um, defensive rating. He's going to bring that athleticism. He's going to bring that quickness left and right to keep up with guys like John Wall, Isaiah Thomas, Derrick Rose. Um, Kyrie Irving, he's going to bring that, and Kyle Lowry as well, he's going to bring that athleticism to at least slow down those guys, create some turnovers, get the ball moving the other way for Milwaukee, but he's also going to take off pressure from Giannis, like I said, and and looking at the possible lineup, this is the lineup that I would roll if I was the Milwaukee Bucks. Right now they're rolling out uh, Brogdon at point, Snell at shooting guard, Chris Mitt at small forward, Giannis at uh, power forward, and then Henson at center, what I would be rolling with, and at least this is for the time being, you know, Jabari's going to be coming back, but this might be the lineup I would run even with Jabari back. Um, Bledsoe at point, Snout shooting guard, small forward Chris mid, point, uh, pow, pow, I want to say point forward because he is point forward, point forward in Giannis Antetokounmpo and center in John Henson. And you might be wondering why Brogdon is on the bench, why Jabari Parker's on the bench. Um, and why Thon Maker's on the bench. And the reason is, defensively, this is where the team struggles. Not really struggling offensively, because you have Giannis who's able to put up points, and, and, and you have at least Chris Mid and Snell to be that outside shooting. So at least Giannis and Bledsoe are going to be your two ball handlers. Snell has been lightening up from the outside. Chris Mid has struggled a little bit, but obviously we saw the potential in his scoring where he put up 43 against Charlotte. And then Henson's going to bring at least that rim protector down low, and and you could probably run you know super small ball, and I don't know if it's really small because all these guys have ridiculous wingspans, but you could probably run Giannis at center, power forward Jabari when he's healthy, Chris Mid at small forward, Tony Snell at shooting guard, and Bledsoe at the point. You could also move Chris Mid to the shooting guard, but the reason I'm leaving Snell in there is because he is that great of a shooter. Um, this year for them, and he's been a great shooter. He was a great shooter last year as well, shot over 40% from three. Right now he's shooting over 50% from three. I like having Snell in there because right now Tony Snell is a guy that's, again, shooting decent from the outside. He's not a defensive stopper, but Bledsoe is, and, and he could take the better guard. Chris Mid's a really good defender. Giannis is a really good defender, and John Henson, again, is going to bring that rim protector out there, and and he's and Snell's a better shooter than Malcolm Brogdon. The reason I want Brogdon on the bench is, is because he's a better facilitator. So if Bledsoe's out, he can step in and be that secondary ball handler. Jabari coming off, he's going to be that secondary scorer as well because Giannis is a guy that's going to be running to the rim a lot. He's going to be obviously driving to the rim a lot. Jabari was a guy that was used a lot in cutting last year. He's a guy that also can drive to the rim when healthy and when trusting that knee. So I feel like the pair of Brogdon and Jabari and Thon as well, because he can bring outside shooting, I feel like that can give a terrible look to teams off the bench. I think it's going to be a terrible look for teams to match up with because you have to go up against Brogdon, who's a pro- you know, probably a starter on most teams in the NBA. Jabari, who is a starter, 
in this league. And then Thon brings you at least the shooting from the outside and also the length from the outside as well. So I, I know people might be saying, well, Jabari should be starting, and he should be starting. But then again, you could put him late in the line, or you put him in the lineup at least late in game. Same with Brogdon as well. But at least looking last year, Brogdon went starting. Bucks were 17 and 11. I mean, not a fantastic record, but still a winning record. But off the bench, he was a plus five. So, I mean, he was a five and a half. So he was better um, coming off the bench because he was a ne- he had a negative plus minus in the starting lineup. He was adding points, and at least he was a positive coming off the bench last year. And, and Brogdon, for as fantastic as he is, and he has all the skill to start on this team, I would just like, you know, seeing the lineup of Jabari, Brogdon, and Thon coming off the bench. You could leave Chris Mid in there. You could leave Tony Snell in there. And that could bring in a, a, a look where you're bringing athleticism and shooting out there to pair with the look of Bledsoe and Giannis, which could be a very physical mix out there, and it could be a very dangerous mix for teams to start with. And and the big thing with this is now you have eight potential starters on this team. I know Thon hasn't looked great this year, but now adding Eric Bledsoe is going to give him more open looks. You're going to see that, you know, three-point percentage go up. Having, you know, a guy like Giannis and Chris Mid and Bledsoe, those three defenders out there, it's going to take more, you know, it's going to take more pressure off of Thon Maker, at least defensively, um, when he's out there. So, I mean, looking at it, I just feel that this team would probably be better starting Bledsoe, Snell, Chris Mid, Giannis, and Henson this whole year, and then obviously adjusting if this team starts to struggle. But Jabari off the bench is going to obviously let him come back healthy and slower and not push that pace, and he'll be better at least coming for the playoffs. And Brogdon was better off the bench last year. And Brogdon is a very skilled player to be your seventh man coming off the bench. And I think Bledsoe is going to bring... Again, defense and a secondary ball handler to this team, but he's also going to bring some passion to this team. And I'm not saying that the Bucks lack passion, but it's something where you're just adding this to a playoff team that it's going to give them a second wind as well. Because Giannis, he's still young. He's a great leader out there, but you need a secondary leader out there. I don't really trust Jason Kidd to lead these these players. And Eric Bledsoe, I think it shows a little immaturity tweeting what he did, but all you know. Then again, he did run the mature route of requesting a trade to McDonough um, in the offseason and just not getting it, and he just got frustrated. So um, Milwaukee, I feel like they're going to crucially benefit from from bringing in Eric Bledsoe, and, and I feel like they're going to have a different way to attack these teams because you know you obviously have now eight guys who could possibly be starters for you, and I, I think the two clear starters, sorry, three clear starters for them is going to be Bledsoe, Chris Mid and Giannis, and then obviously they're going to adjust accordingly to who they play. But at least looking at the other Eastern Conference teams and how they match up, I think this is going to be the thing that I, that I look at. So if you're looking at how the Bucks pair up, at least against the Cavs, you look at Bledsoe going up against either Isaiah Thomas or Derrick Rose, depending on when they're playing them. And also, um, you know, they're going to be running those two-guard sets. Um, and they're not two-guard sets, but they're going to be running uh, both of those guards out there. Bledsoe is going to at least be able to put a body on Isaiah Thomas. And Isaiah Thomas is still a fantastic scorer. We all know that. Um, But Bledsoe is bigger. He's stronger out there. And he's going to be able to body up Isaiah Thomas and possibly knock him off some of these screens that he's running. I mean, he was crucially great at running off these screens and running these sets um, in Boston last year. And if they try to do that in Cleveland, Bledsoe can body up and keep with Isaiah Thomas, at least quickness-wise. Um, and I feel like Bledsoe is going to be able to at least slow down Isaiah Thomas. But the thing about the Cavs is they're not running sets here. They're not running designed offensive plays. So I don't think that's going to change when Isaiah Thomas comes out here. So Bledsoe, as long as he can stay on the outside perimeter and slow down Isaiah Thomas when LeBron's the ball handler, 
I think Bledsoe can do that very efficiently. And you look at, at least if Isaiah Thomas is bringing up the ball, Bledsoe's proven to be a great on-ball defender. So Bledsoe's going to be able to slow down uh, Isaiah Thomas, take away their second scorer. You look at Chris Mid or Giannis, who's ever guarding LeBron, it's most likely to be Giannis. I feel pretty confident that, you know, I don't think, you know, outside of Kawhi and Paul George, I don't think there's another guy that I'd probably trust. I mean, Jimmy Butler as well. So there's three guys that I trust guarding LeBron for sure. But other than that, I mean, it's really a crapshoot. And with Giannis's length and, and, and ability and size, I'm very, you know, I feel very confident at least looking at the other players in this league who could defend LeBron James. I put Giannis near the top, at least guarding LeBron James, because, you know, Giannis does have the size to at least deal with him in the post. He does have the speed to keep up with him driving. Um, Shooting-wise, he has the length to close out on shots. So I trust Giannis guarding LeBron James. Now, is that going to mean he's going to slow down LeBron James? No, but can he at least slow him down to maybe 25 points per game, maybe steal a couple passes, force some turnovers? Yeah, and I think that Giannis probably guarding LeBron is probably you know one of the best options, at least in the NBA, when it comes to players defending LeBron. And then you look at you know guys like Chris Mid or Jabari Parker guarding Kevin Love. Kevin Love's probably going to be able to body up both of those guys, but at least length and quickness-wise, they're going to be able to guard him on the outside if K-Love's sitting in the corner shooting threes. Tony Snell, I mean, I'm not really worried about Tony Snell against J.R. Smith. I know Tony Snell isn't a great defender, um, but he at least gets the job done, and he has length to at least close out on shots. So at least defensively, I really like how the Bucks match up with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And that's not even mentioning guys like Brogdon as well, because I think John Henson, I mean, John Henson probably just skinnier than Tristan Thompson. I would take Tristan Thompson over John Henson, but I mean, John Henson isn't a bad defender. John Henson has the length to stuff Tristan Thompson. He's got the length and size to grab some boards as well. Um, I feel like maybe the only downside is they won't be able to out-rebound the Cavs, but then again, the Cavs aren't that great of a rebounding team. Um, And offensively, I mean, we've seen the Cavs struggle immensely defensively, and I feel like you know, Giannis is going to have trouble going up against LeBron. I, I know people give shit to LeBron for not being a great defender anymore, but I feel like when you're getting up against play, playoff Bron, playoff Bron will be able to slow down Giannis to you know possibly 27, 26, and we've seen LeBron slow down Giannis before, so that's probably going to be uh, you know a danger there. But then again, you look at Bledsoe and Bledsoe going up against Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas is not a good defender. We know this. It's not like J.R. Smith is going to be able to slow down Bledsoe as well because. They're going to be running design pick and roll sets, and Bledsoe's going to beat them off the dribble, and Bledsoe's going to be able to at least penetrate and dish it out to a shooter. So I really like the way that offensively the Bucks and, and offensively and defensively the Bucks match up with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, they have the way to stop their secondary scorer in Isaiah Thomas and, 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 and Eric Bledsoe. You look at at least who can slow down LeBron. You have Giannis. I mean, I don't know if Giannis is going to shut down LeBron every single night or slow down him every single night, but he can at least do probably one of the best jobs in the NBA. I mean, obviously there's better guys, again, like Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Um, but, I mean, I'd probably take Giannis over most of the guys in the league to defend LeBron James because of his size and his athleticism. So, I mean, I really like the way that the Bucks match up with the Cavs. Looking at the Celtics, I feel the same exact way because Giannis going up against guys like, you know, Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum for as well as they've been playing this year, when it gets to the playoffs, it's obviously going to be a different monster. But then again, you know, Bledsoe versus Kyrie, you know, Bledsoe's probably going to be able to slow down Kyrie. I feel like the the Celtics probably might be the, the toughest challenge for the Bucks, and the, the only reason is just because they are such a well coached team, and and they're able to give you know different offensive looks every every time coming down. They're they're really good defensively. They stay home defensively. Um, 
But the thing that I would give the edge to the Bucks is athleticism, size, and, and quickness. Because and also rebounding as well. Because Al Horford's a a pushover down low, at least grabbing boards. I mean, Al Horford showed that last year in the playoffs. And John Henson, Jabari Parker, Thon Maker, Giannis, Chris Mid, Eric Bledsoe, even. I mean, these guys can grab boards, and I feel like that's going to be something that the the Bucks can win. And then at least you know if they're able to force turnovers as well and keep the ball in transition and moving. You know, with guys like Giannis Antetokounmpo, good luck trying to stop him in transition. I, I feel like the Celtics give the Bucks the hardest matchup um, in the Eastern Conference, matching up wise. But then again, I feel like the Bucks could still give them hell. And I feel like looking at the two top teams in Cleveland and Boston, the Bucks could hang with them. I mean, I think the, it's going to come down to coaching. I think it's going to come down to health with the the Bucks. But I don't see a reason why the Bucks now with Eric Bledsoe couldn't give the Celtics and Cavs trouble because they can bring in a lot of looks. They have eight starters and Thon, Brogdon, Jabari, Henson, Giannis, Chris Mid, Snell, and Bledsoe. Most of them are decent defensively. And, and the only thing that I would say is a knock on the Bucks is going to be coaching. I mean, I look at Jason Kidd and I haven't been impressed with Jason Kidd in, in any of the sets that he's run offensively and defensively. I haven't been impressed with the way that he is a leader and with when he was with the Nets and with the Bucks so far. And I feel like if he goes up against a coach like Brad Stevens, he might get steamrolled just because Brad Stevens is going to outcoach him, and I feel like the talent level, you know, is equal on these teams now. So at least talent-wise, the Bucks match up, and this is insane to say. I think this trade probably puts the Bucks as the third best team in the East because, at least looking at the other teams in Toronto, I like Bledsoe against Kyle Lowry. I would still take Lowry, but then again, they don't have a guy like Giannis. They don't have a guy like. Um, Tony Snell, Brogdon, and Jabari Parker coming off the bench. Um, Toronto could give them a tough matchup as well just because Serge is a good defender. DeRozan can score on the inside, and I, I don't think they have an answer for DeRozan, at least defensively. Um, Chris Mitt, actually. Take that back. Yeah, I like the Bucks in six. And then also, looking at the Magic, I don't trust the Magic. The Magic are still Folkleys in my eyes. And then obviously there's the final team, the Washington Wizards, and maybe the two-guard set would kill them. But then again, they don't have a bench in, in Washington. Like I said, the Bucks have a bench. So looking at this, I feel like the Bucks are probably the third best team in the East, and I feel like they can match up with, with the Celtics. Call me crazy, um, but I, I honestly see that, that, po- that being a possibility. I, I, I absolutely love this trade for Milwaukee. Um, and you didn't have to give up anything. You gave up Greg Monroe and two, and two picks that you're not going to use. Um, at least looking at the Suns, like I said early on, you know, Greg Monroe's deals off the books after this season, 17.8 mil this season, but he's done after the year. But they're not signing anybody. No one wants to go to Phoenix. No one wants to play with this young team. There's no young guys that are going to be on the free agent market that you need to pick up. What, you're going to go get Ja with that money? No one wants Ja. No one cares about Ja right now. Where's Ja? Um, no one cares about him. I mean, you're, you're not going to be able to get a guy like LeBron James if he hits free agency. You're not going to be able to get a big market guy. You're going to be able to get role players who are going to get the best paycheck of their life because you have so much money floating around you, you need to hit the floor. I mean, the Suns... Great. You got you got cap relief after the season. And you got a 20th through 30 pick, and you got a second-round pick. I mean, unless you use those picks to really fill these holes around your team, which are a ton, um, I don't see how this this is the best deal that the Suns got. Because, uh, And I'm also looking at, at Denver, Cleveland, um, New Orleans, Detroit, that they couldn't match this offer. Like, really? Like, Detroit, you had Reggie Jackson. He's better than Greg Monroe. And, and he's at least a point guard that's going to at least fill a hole for the Phoenix Suns after trading that. And I know that Reggie Jackson didn't want to go to the Phoenix Suns and he didn't want to bring in a cancer, you know, possible cancer, 
like Reggie Jackson in your locker room, especially with these young players. But I'm shocked that no team can match this. So I, I look at the Suns, and I, I feel like they're a huge loser. I mean, Greg Monroe, I don't think he brings anything to this team. It's not like Phoenix. I mean, he brings something to this team. He's going to bring a presence down low, at least physical, physically. He's going to be able to grab some boards for you. But I don't see how that this takes Phoenix to the next level. I don't see how... Even in, in, in two to three years, this is going to help Phoenix get to the next level. I mean, I don't think any of these, maybe you can pair these picks to get a you know possible superstar. But then again, I mean, it's 20 to 30 pick. You're not getting a lottery pick here. It's lottery protected. How could you not even get it lottery protected or like top five protected? I mean, that's insane. The, the, the sun's fucked up here. And, and, and credit to Eric Bledsoe because you handled it the right way during the offseason and they didn't trade you. You wanted to be traded. It's probably a little immature to tweet what you did, but... They got you out of Phoenix, and, and Phoenix seems like a train wreck right now. So, Phoenix, you fucked up. Milwaukee, you didn't. You're looking great. And, and I, I really think this positions Milwaukee to possibly be a true contender in the Eastern Conference because you look at the Cavs, the way that they've been playing, they've been looking absolutely terrible out there. LeBron had to drop 57 for them to even get a win over Washington. You look at Boston. Boston is a very well-coached team, and they have all the talent there to be a possible contender but the thing is with Milwaukee is they can give you at least different looks consistently out there where you look at Boston and I don't see the scorers or the ball handlers on their bench like Milwaukee does and Jabari and, and Brogdon. Or even then, the shooters and Snell and Chris Maid or whoever is on the bench uh, that ends up on the bench for Milwaukee, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be crazy. And if, if, they, if they go small as well, their smalls can rebound because Giannis will be at the five. Chris Mid will be at the three. Jabari would be at the four. Um, Brogdon probably be at the two, and Bledsoe at the one. I mean, like that's a ridiculous lineup right there. And if they throw out that lineup, I don't see how Phoenix can really hold. Or, I'm sorry, not Phoenix. Boston can really hold up against that. So, I, I honestly like Phoenix's chance. I, mean, I keep saying Phoenix. I really like Milwaukee's chances this year. I really think that Milwaukee this year um, made made a fantastic move. And, and then again, you look at this next year. But so still under contract for fifteen million dollars, and and the only wor- worry that I have for this deal is Eric Bledsoe's health. But if they use him in less minutes, which they can do because they have at least the bench depth to at least put in a Malcolm Brogdon in there, they can limit to him possibly like thirty-two minutes a game, thirty minutes a game. Bledsoe should be fine. I I really like this if Eric Bledsoe can remain healthy. But let me know what you think down in the comments below, or you can also tweet at us, at Most Valuable Pod. You can also tweet at me, at Schwarbo. If you're listening on iTunes, if Ricky put this up on iTunes, I don't know what the deal was. It's an emergency pod, so everything's frantic out here. Um, rate us on five stars if you are on iTunes, if you're on Blog Talk Radio. Thank you so much for checking us out. We record this every single week, the Fast Break Podcast. We do emergency podcasts when big news breaks, and we also just cover the news around the NBA. It's usually Dave and I. Uh, we started a new format on YouTube. So if you guys are watching on YouTube, sorry that there was no video. But again, it was an emergency pod. And uh, when emergencies call, um, drastic measures need to be taken. So you're seeing our logo up there right now. Big shout out to Ricky Widmer for editing this. Hopefully it wasn't terrible. Hopefully I lived up to Dave Oster's uh, hopes because I know he texted me, don't let me down. So hopefully I didn't let you down, Dave. Guys. Thank you so much for listening to this emergency podcast. We'll be back this week with more Fast Break for you, but I will see you next time.